Hello there and welcome to my most authentic life. As always, thank you for returning. I'm your host, Fede Vargas. This podcast is designed to inspire you and empower you to create the life that you want to live. We connect with people all over the planet that are daring to live boldly and bravely. And please remember that if you're enjoying these podcasts, to please give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This episode is part two of our chat with adventure traveler GP. GP quit a stressful job in business operations in the tech sector and has now been traveling the world for over a year and a half. In last week's part one episode, episode 12 of the podcast series, we talked about how to downsize your life. We covered topics like creating a financial plan, having a travel fund, and having the right mindset. In this episode, we're getting into the adventure travel component. GP has had so many incredible adventures over this past year and a half, and today we'll hear about his experience walking the famous Camino de Santiago. So this is the second half of our time with GP. Now, we know that a lot of the logistical information can be found on Google, but the beauty of podcast is that we get to listen to the personal experience, the personal perspective, and the personal story. And that is what we're going to be listening to in this podcast. Now, I think it would also be beneficial, GP, if you could take the listeners through a El Camino de Santiago 101. What is El Camino de Santiago? Sure, sure. So... The Camino de Santiago, um, historically, it was a network of pilgrimage routes that led to this town of Santiago de Compostela, which is a town in um, northwestern Spain. Um, and it's famous because the body of St. James the Great, who was one of the 12 apostles of Jesus, is buried there. So it was a huge pilgrimage site starting from, I would say, like the 8th or 9th century. And pilgrims from all over Europe would walk to Santiago. So this was back in the ninth century. Um, since then, it's become less religious and more of a cultural slash active uh, activity to do where, you know, not everyone is religious, but it's just uh, a hike that people can go from different parts of Europe to Santiago. So there's about, I would say, more than a dozen routes from all over different cities in Europe that lead to Santiago de Compostela. And the most popular one is called the Camino Frances, which starts in France and then it crosses the Pyrenees Mountains and then goes all the way to Santiago de Compostela. And that's the hike we did, the Camino Frances. And the entire route is from, from uh, saint jean pied de pau which, which is the start point to Santiago, is about 800 kilometers. And then you can also tackle an, another 150 kilometers to the coast of Spain which in ancient times was like the end of the world. So, so basically uh, 950 to 1,000 kilometers takes you from one end of Spain to the other end of Spain. And once you reach the end of the world, you like burn your clothes and your pilgrimage is done. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's how it is. So it's one of the most famous hikes in, in Europe. It's also, I would say, um, for, for most... Um, non-active hikers it's one of the easiest hikes to do because you, you don't have to carry your tent you don't have to carry your own food you're staying in like these pretty villages as you walk through france and into spain um so it's a very popular route 
I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think a couple million people do it every year. Uh, it's also very long since it's about 950 kilometers. It takes at least a month to do, if not more, because you you pass through various cities. So you want to take some breaks to check out the cities. So I would say it's about 35 to 40 days. And the reason I did it now is because, um, as I said before, I quit my job and I had some time on my hand to do it. So it was my opportunity to do it from end to end and get it done. It's been on my bucket list for a while, but I've never had the vacation time to actually do the whole thing. So this was the perfect opportunity to to get it done. Yeah, well, I was following every bit of the adventure on social media and on Instagram, and it looked like an incredible experience. How long did it take you? I believe it took us 34 days, and we took three rest days in between. Um, and the and then two more three more days to get to the end of the world so about i would say 36 days total (laughs) two more days to get to the end of the world (laughs) (laughs) awesome now quick note for the listeners you will hear a hissing noise especially in the second half of the episode we were joined by some unexpected window cleaners i was in toronto gp in vienna and these are the realities of uh remote recording. So thank you for your patience. Now talking about motivation, you mentioned that the hike has evolved from its pilgrimage origins. What was the motivation for you? Yeah, so I heard about the Camino probably like 10 or 15 years ago. I grew up hiking, doing long distance hikes in the Himalayas with my dad in like Nepal and India. And he wanted to do the Camino. And at that time, it just sounded like something old people did because it was a pilgrimage. You stayed in like nice hotels or hostels and you got to eat a lot of good food, which at that time for me was like, wow, that's not wild camping. And I, I have no interest in that. But as I looked into it more, I, I love the idea of going across a country in a month and experiencing this, these different regions of, of Spain um also just you know you're you live such hectic and busy lives even even when you're just at home it's good to just unplug get away from your laptop and have a month of just just walking and just all you have to think about every day you wake up think about where you're going to have breakfast think about where you're going to have lunch you think about where you're going to sleep and that's all you do and you just walk so it is just a simple life uh a life that we're not really used to anymore but it's a good de-stressor and a good just recharging of your batteries it's almost like going back in time it sounds like time travel in a way exactly and and the people that hike the camino are still called pilgrims even though you know i would say about 70 percent are not doing it for religious reasons we're still called pilgrims we get a pilgrim passport which we stamp in all the churches and restaurants you get to um so it's a very um yeah, it's a very old school experience of hiking and just living like what pilgrims used to live like. We stay in these hostels, which are called albergues, and it could be anywhere from four people to 50 people in a room. Uh, you're all sleeping together, you're eating together, you're doing everything together, and you just get to meet so many people from different backgrounds and countries and uh, reasons for traveling and hiking. That's just a great experience. Well, yeah, meaningful connections. It's kind of like another version of Playa. <laughs> yep, pretty, 
I would say I would 100% agree because um, also it has to be a certain kind of people that does these walks. You have to be flexible. You have to be adventurous. Um, you have to love being outdoors. So it's very easy to get along with most of the people you meet, if not all. Yeah. Cool. You mentioned that you your love for hiking came from uh, hiking in the Himalayas with your dad. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So, well, so I grew up in California and then we moved to India um, when I was 12 or 13. And my dad was into the outdoors. I grew up like hiking in Yosemite when I was in California. Uh, I was like a junior ranger, you know, all those sort of things. And yeah, I've always had a love for the outdoors. Um, and my dad, my parents always encouraged it. So when we moved to India, we'd take a train to the Himalayas and go hiking there. Um, go hiking in Nepal. So, and even after that, I think I went on my first solo hike when I was 15 and it was just, you know, a 10 day hike in the Indian Himalayas. Um, so I've always been very, very into the outdoors. I've pretty much hiked, I would say in all the famous mountain ranges in the world, uh, which is strange to say, uh, like while most of my friends geeked out on sports personalities i would geek out on mountaineers and things like that explorers um so yeah it's always it's always been a thing i want i i, I like doing as a de-stressor that's such a cool upbringing and such a cool experience to have in your youth and it shows how deep-rooted this love and this passion for hiking is one of my favorite activities is walking and it's because you can find solitude even in the busiest of places. So I'm curious, in a hike of this nature, I'm curious about the extreme solitude that you can find. Take us through that and talk to us about the power of being in your thoughts and self-reflection. Sure. So um, also just to be completely honest, it isn't a lot of solitude because you're also walking with, uh, I don't know, about about 200 or 300 people do the same route every day so that you have people around you but it is very easy to get away from people um the, the one thing i loved about the camino is you could be lost in your thoughts when you wanted to and you could have conversations when you wanted to um and i love being in my own thoughts i'm a introverted person um i love talking to people sometimes but most of the times i just like being in my own thoughts and it was great being outdoors, um, being in the forest, also just walking through farmland and seeing, you know, farmers and things like going about their daily lives. And uh, yeah, it was, it was great for me. Uh, it was a good time to disconnect from like what you want to work on and what you want to do to um, wonder what their life is like. I wonder what, you know, just other other thoughts yeah i get it it's kind of expectation versus reality behind the images of solitude i can imagine you know there's a bus load there of hikers <laughs> right, right. Uh, but at least you have the option over this long stretch of time to disconnect for sure and, and everyone's there for the same reason and imagine they're all on the same page exactly and even when you talk to other people it's a very um it's almost like therapy because everyone's a lot of people are walking this to either get away from something or because they have some free time or they're like me, they're going through a life change. They're between jobs or between relationships or something and are walking the Camino because they have time and they need something to do, uh, but they also want to talk about it. So 
we joked that it was almost like a free therapy session with different therapists because you talk to different people every day and get 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 an idea of their lives and their perspective on things and it was always funny how perspective you you tell three different people the same thing about your life and you have three different perspectives on what you should do so it was always great to hear that that sounds awesome actually uh you get three different perspectives on the same subject and you pick the best answer yeah exactly (laughs) or a hybrid of them so continuing on with el camino what was the biggest challenge (laughs) so for me uh the biggest challenge i had a had kind of a mental block going in i haven't stayed in hostels i'm i was 35 when i did it that was six months ago and I hadn't stayed in hostels, for example, since I was in my 20s. So I was I was not looking forward to going back and staying with 20 other people and um, having to share all of my time with different people. I, I like being in my own bubble sometimes. And that was a huge mental block for me. Um, the other big challenge was just staying fit and staying healthy for 35 odd days. Um, taking care of your feet and making sure you have everything you need. Um, in the end, it turned both of them turned out to be fine. I realized how much fun it was to stay in a hostel again. It was like being in a, a summer camp for adults, um, just super fun. And being healthy was, I, I, you know, it was easy to take care of myself, make sure my, uh, my feet were rested and clean and uh, making sure I changed my socks and just, like small logistical things that you need to do to take care of yourself and just eating eating well and making sure you're hydrated. Um, so both turned out to be non-issues in the end. But I would say those were like the biggest challenges I could think of going in. So how many miles are uh, would you be doing in one day? Um, it just depends. I, on average, I would say 25 kilometers a day. We began in the Pyrenees Mountains, which... You have to climb up a lot and then go down on the other side. So you would do less kilometers. And in the beginning, you're just still not fit enough. So you do less kilometers. Um, but by the end, we were pretty fit. We were we knew what we could do. So we we're doing about 35, uh, 38 kilometers a day. So that's a lot of walking. Now we've spoken about the challenges. What were the biggest takeaways? I would say the community <laughs> again. <laughs> um uh, it was great to meet so many people. By the end, we were like one big happy family. So it was also sad as we came to came closer to the end. It was like, oh, we only have two days together, um, but we all still keep in touch. We have a little WhatsApp group where we still like send messages and things like that. Hopefully, we'll see each other soon. But definitely for me and for a lot of people that I talk to, the 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 the. Uh, community, the camaraderie was probably the, the best thing. And the second best thing would be the food and the wine from Spain. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that's the, yeah, that's the treat. That's the reward every evening. Uh, what's the wine going to be? What's the be- beer going to be? What's oh, the, for sure. What's the cheese pairing? Yeah, we, we joked sometimes that it was a eating and drinking tour with some walking thrown in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the best. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so at the back end of the episode, we're going to be talking about a bit more about adventure travel and authenticity, which is the bedrock of this podcast. But before we get there, what is your advice for someone thinking of doing El Camino? Yeah, I would say 
first of all, I think anyone can do this. You don't have to do it in 30 days. You can do it in 60 days. You don't have to do the whole thing at the same time. You can do it in chunks. A lot of people do it over three or four trips. Um, some people do it over bicycles. Some people do it on horses. Um, so I would say it's not impossible for anyone to do. Uh, the only thing I would say is take care of like minute details, like taking care of your feet, staying hydrated, because having blisters or being dehydrated can shut down your trip. So I would say the biggest thing is just know your capacity. Uh, don't go out too fast. Um, you know, just just plan plan accordingly. I'm again, as I said, I'm an analytical person, <laughs> so I I don't like going with the flow as much. Uh, I would say look into details and plan it. And there's a lot of resources on the internet. There's millions of Facebook groups, and there's even a forum that talks specifically about Camino. So you can de- you should definitely do some research before you go. Well, congratulations! It's a huge achievement. And for anyone listening that's thinking about this lifestyle, that's thinking about these experiences, analytical people do that <laughs> yep, <too>. exactly. <laughs> so, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Fede can give you my details. But happy to help anyone. But it is not. It is very possible for anyone to do uh, as long as you have a love for the outdoors and a love for different cultures. It's it's an amazing experience. I recommend it for everyone. Well, cool. Thank you for that offer. We'll put in GP's details into the episode resources. And now getting into adventure travel. Well, everything is adventure travel for you. And you mentioned the roots of it, going back to the Himalayas and the experiences with your dad. And at the age of 15, you were already hiking these famous mountain ranges. How has adventure travel impacted your life over the years? Oof. It's hard to, it's hard to put it into a few words. I can imagine. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's very open-ended. <laughs> um, I would say it's, it's um, if anything, it's made me more analytical because adventure travel sounds adventurous, but it's actually just a lot of small things you have to do to get it right. And you just have to think through what you need to do. So I always joke, you know, someone's like, oh, how, what does it take to climb a mountain? It's like you just divide it into four parts and then target each part specifically and you get it done it sounds boring uh it doesn't sound as as romantic or adventurous when you think it think about it that way but yeah it's it's basically that you just uh you just break into chunks and figure it out so that's the biggest thing i've learned like nothing is a humongous challenge you just think oh, it, it you come up against a big problem you break it down into chunks and you solve it um second thing i've learned is not to stress out um, a lot of people probably ask me why I never stress out. It's because anytime there's like a problem at work, it's like, are you really going to die because of this? <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> you don't need to stress out about it. Um, so I would, I would say in general, adventure travel has shaped my personality into who I am. Um, I, I like to plan, but I don't like to think into too many details. Like I like to have a general plan, but also go with the flow in the, uh, in the micro sense. Um, I don't stress out about minor inconveniences. Um, I I can take like small inconveniences in a stride and just think about what to do next. Um, yeah, I, I'm very open to different cultures, different foods. So yeah, I think it's made me a more well-rounded person, I would say. 
it's funny because as much as we're saying uh, something like this requires a lot of planning and an analytical person's characteristics, uh, there is a wing it factor uh, that you totally need to embrace. Agreed. And winging it gets very easy if you have an overall plan. Um, like you have an overall plan and then wing the, the, the minutiae is what I usually say. Um, like we're doing right now, we're traveling through Western Europe uh, and Eastern Europe. Um, and it's like a three-week journey. And we have a general plan of what we want to do. But our day-to-day is like, okay, should we take a train now or should we take a train two days from now? That's, you know, that's like minor details that we can decide on on the fly. That's good. Have an overall plan, wing the minutia. That's really, really solid advice. Yeah, I, that's what I usually live by. <laughs> okay, so now, GP, take us to the end of the show with... Our signature question, the bedrock of this podcast, what is authentic living to you and how do you practice it? I think authentic living for me is living life without regrets. I don't want to grow old and think about things I haven't done. Um, like It's always safer, for example, to not quit your job and have a safe salary and whatnot, but I don't want to be 75 and think about, oh, I should have taken some time off and hiked the Camino de Santiago or taken some time off and gone on a Euro rail trip with friends I met in Mexico. Um, so I would, that's for me is the biggest thing. I, I don't want to have any large regrets about things I could have done and didn't do because I was, I was following a plan that someone else thinks is the plan for life. That's beautiful. I, I love that. Life without regrets. That's awesome. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much to GP. So much insight, so much wisdom into his experiences. Thank you for sharing all of that with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was good to uh, talk about the Camino and relive some of those experiences. Remember, you can find GP on Instagram at searching for Shangri-La. Details in the episode resources. And join our online community on Instagram at my most authentic life podcast until the next episode have an amazing day and keep on living time on